If you were here last week, you heard me talk about a conversation that I had with an Anglican friend several months ago, and one of the topics of conversation was Advent. And it was only during that conversation that I realized that in the Anglican tradition, the symbolism of the four candles that make up the Advent wreath are often very different than the symbols that we use in our tradition. Instead of the candles representing hope and peace and joy and love, in many Anglican churches, the symbolism of the four candles are the patriarchs, the prophets, John the Baptist, and Mary, the mother of Jesus. I share with you that for a brief moment, I thought about switching things up a little bit, mixing it up, just taking away the candles of hope and peace and joy and love that are a part of our symbolism of the Advent wreath and replacing it with the Anglican symbols. But then I, I thought better of it. <laughs> you see, I realize that people are resistant to change, even at St. Mark's. And I also realized that um, I didn't have to change the symbols and that I probably wouldn't want to change the symbols because I need to be reminded on a regular basis. And, and perhaps you need to be reminded too that we need more hope, that we need more peace, that we need more joy, that we need more love. And so I came up with a great compromise in my mind. I would allow the symbolism of our Advent candles to remain the same, and I would stand and preach about patriarchs, preach about prophets, preach about uh, John the Baptist, preach about Mary, the mother of Jesus, in the hopes of seeing Advent through a slightly different lens, maybe a fresh way. So this morning we lit the candle of peace. I don't know if you felt a little irony as we did it. After all, we're lighting a candle of peace in the midst of at least two great conflicts taking place in our world today. The Israelis responding to the terrorist attacks by Hamas. And is it just me, or have we all but forgotten the whole thing that's going on in the Ukraine and Russia? It's hard to light a candle of peace when we just went through another week with a mass shooting, people senselessly dying. It's hard, it's, it's a little ironic that we're lighting a candle of peace as we gather here this morning when less than 24 hours ago, tornadoes swept through our state and our region. Catastrophic, I think was the term that they used. And the devastation is unthinkable and unbelievable. I wondered as I got up this morning what it would have been like if I'd have changed that candle now. I wouldn't have to light a candle of peace today. I could just light a candle of the prophets and move on along about my day. And yet we lit the candle of peace. And it's a good time, I guess, to remind ourselves that uh, as Hannah tried to remind us in our children's sermon today that that the kind of peace we often have in mind as we light this candle is not the biblical peace, 
You see, peace as it relates to the Bible is not the absence of trouble. It's acknowledging the presence of God in the midst of the trouble. That's why we light the candle of peace. Not because the world is without trouble and without darkness, but because we believe and we hold on to the faith that says that God is present in the midst of that trouble. And that, I think, is what the prophets are trying to help us to understand. You see, the prophets that we've highlighted today uh, are are prophetic books in the Old Testament. And and the verses that I chose as our scriptures for this morning are the verses that are most often associated with the Advent season. If you were paying attention to those verses of the prophets, you recognize that all of those verses that we highlighted this morning uh, have a word of hope in them, a word of comfort in them. But... Just in case you haven't read through the prophetic books of the Bible in a while, let me just remind you that the prophets of the Old Testament spend a lot more time talking about gloom and doom than they do hope and comfort. We like to highlight the hope and the comfort stuff during the season of Advent, and for good reason, we believe that in Christ, the very best of those qualities are being made known to the world. And yet, if you read those prophetic books, you see that there's a lot of gloom and doom. It's as if the prophets want to acknowledge that back then and even even our present time, that the world remains full of darkness. It is reality. We cannot escape from it. But one of the things that I think the prophets wanted us to understand, that even though we live in a world of darkness, even though we live in a world where it's so easy to find gloom and doom wherever you look, that the darkness is always laced with light. That even in the most difficult days, there is always a glimmer of of hope. You see, when the prophets wrote their writings, their books that we have in the Old Testament, they could not imagine that there was a world of light or darkness. The world that they understood, the world that you and I understand, is that a world of light and darkness. Darkness and light. And the prophets kept imagining and casting forth a vision that there will come a day, as Hannah said in her children's sermon, when God will make all things right. And, and I just have to believe that, that. It's the only way I can get out of bed in the morning is to know that one day God really is going to make all things right. One day all of the gloom and the despair will disappear and the light of Christ will shine in its fullest glory. 
But that day is not today. And so we wait for that day. We wait for the day of the Lord when God will ultimately make all things right. But while we wait, we do not wait passively. We wait actively. Because the prophet would remind us that in the midst of this dark world in which we live, we are still supposed to be the light. How will you be the light in this dark world? There are all sorts of opportunities, both inside and outside the church. By just this week alone, you've got tremendous opportunities to be the light of Christ. You could put a Christmas card in that basket out in the narthex because that Christmas card might be a word of hope, might be a word of peace to someone who's struggling this Christmas because they're experiencing the first holidays without their loved ones. Oh, in a dark period in that person's life, you could be a light. Or you could join us on Wednesday night when we're going to do socks of love. We're going to take a pair of socks. We're going to stuff those socks full of all sorts of, of essential needs, toiletry items and whatnot, so that we can share those with people who are experiencing homelessness in our community. Their world is full of darkness and gloom and doom, but oh, we get a chance to be just a little bit of light. Or you might want to jump on board with our disaster response team that no doubt is already trying to figure out where we're going to go and what we're going to do to respond to the tornadoes that took place in our state yesterday. For people waking up this morning, there is tremendous darkness. But we get a chance to make sure that their darkness is laced with light. So we wait on the Lord and we wait for that day when God does make all things right. But in the meantime, while we wait on that day of the Lord, we're invited to be light. Amen.